Hey friends, Mike Myers here with the Songwriting for Guitar podcast episode number 34, Bill McShane. Now, before we dive into this week's episode, I am so excited to announce that I will be co-hosting an amazing workshop May 1st at 11 a.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Central with my good friends, Bonnie Baker, Sarah Spencer, Ali Moss, Bess Rogers, some of them have been on this podcast for our Trust the Process workshop, and we're going to be partnering with American Songwriter for this one. Now, we did our Trust the Process workshop at the beginning of this year. It was fantastic, so we decided to do another one. We're going to be focusing on brand new chapters, talking about things like how to craft a melody that moves, how to lean in to your individuality as a songwriter, how to quiet that damn inner critic that lives inside of you, how to care for your songwriting soul, expand your music vocabulary. So, friends, if you are just focusing on technical things, technical, technical, but you're not cultivating your songwriter soul, guess what? You're getting only one piece of the damn puzzle. You need the other half. So all you have to do is go to americansongwriter.com, click workshop, and reserve your ticket. This is something you don't want to miss. Remember, May 1st, 11 a.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Central is when this workshop kicks off. Now, Bill is the primary songwriter, guitarist in the band Ultimate Fake Book. I first saw them years ago when they opened for uh, MXPX. I bought their record. They were the opening band. They were so good. And it was in that period of time that I was geeking out about lyric liner notes. And I saw, oh, they're from Kansas City. Oh, they worked with Ed Rose. Ed Rose worked with bands that I love, like the Get Up Kids. Um Motion City soundtrack. So this is awesome to sit down and talk to Bill about his process of songwriting. And he has a very unique style, which I love. And we're going to talk about this 16-year gap that they had where they did not write anything as a band. They took a pause, but recently have hit play and they released a new album. We're going to talk about that. So let's delve into it. Episode number 34, Bill McShane. don't know but i remember meeting you one time and one time only in the year 2001 when i saw you guys open up for mxpx and Uh i bought your cd at your merch table and you guys were super nice and you were like hey our album just came out and i remember buying it and i was geeking out at that time about reading liner notes and just you know like all Uh the things that i feel like maybe a lot of people don't do right now because everybody's just downloading a digital copy they're not getting a cd yeah, but I remember like looking at your liner notes in the show and like, oh, this is a great album. Oh, you guys worked with Ed Rose. I know Ed Rose. That was like on some Get Up Kid albums. And like, yeah, I want to get into all of that. But like, how did you get awesome. started in creating a band and music? Just like what was your <laughs> segue or the intro to to guitar, I guess? Yeah. Well, first of all, what city was that that you went to? That, that was in Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. OK. Yeah. Trying to think because uh, that tour was really fun. Was that with Good Charlotte also? Yeah, that was that was okay. you, Good Charlotte, and MXPX. Okay, yeah, yeah. No, that was a really fun tour. <laughs> that'd be that'd be awesome if I I remember you at the merch table. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that's really cool. Um, yeah, I mean, basically, did you just kind of ask like, how did I get into music in general, or how did the band kind of get? Yeah, it's up? just like you know, that'll be cool. Like the band, I'd love to know yeah. like what was your first. Because I feel like there's sometimes we hear a record, we hear something yeah. that then implants in our head, oh, I should do this instrument. I should play this instrument. I need to right. do this now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. Basically, I I cannot remember a time that I was not obsessed with music. And mm-hmm. 
it just kind of was like, I don't know, it was like a given in my brain that I was going to do music. And I didn't know what I would do. You know, I didn't know if it would be anything specific, but I just loved the radio. I loved, you know, once MTV came on and I just, I just kind of, it was one of those things, you know, sometimes people, they struggle with, what am I going to do with my life? You know, what am I going to be? And I just always knew that I was going to do music. I, and it, it just was sort of a guiding principle, but I didn't know what that meant. So anyway, so yeah, so I, I then, you know, got into, you know, band in like high school, you know, and stuff, small town in Kansas. Um, I was in percussion uh, and uh, eventually started doing a, a rock band, you know, with uh, my, my friend Nick, who was in, ended up in Ultimate Fake Book and some other uh, guys that we kind of knew. And we were the only band, like it was a small town, small whole scene. And so we were just the only rock and roll guys, you know, and played cover songs and, and stuff like that. And, and I just never stopped. I love the fact that you said you were obsessed with music. Like you didn't question it. And you're right. I feel like some people do. They struggle with that. Like, oh, what could I be? I need to think about this. Right. But that's sort of like, it's going to be music. I mean, I don't know what the hell I'm going to do, but it's it's yeah. it's music. That's going to be the thing. Totally. What were some records that were like slightly influential or like slow? As you form a band, I feel like it's kind of like covers. And then eventually as you're like, I'm going to write songs, there's something that kind of guides that almost a little right. bit. Right. Well, I mean, I went through like, I'm sure everybody does like all the phases, you know, of, of, of different stuff. But because I was originally a guitar player in the band, and even in the first version of Ultimate Fake Book, I was just a guitar player, not a singer. And so um, I'll pinpoint it to when I decided that I was going to write songs and also sing. And the band that blew that up in my mind for me was Guided by Voices. Mm. And there was it was something, I guess, because at that stage of uh, my musical um, sort of journey, you know, I was already into like, you know, Sonic Youth and mud honey and and crazy guitar dissonant weird stuff and of course loved pop music growing up and guided by voices was the band that just blew my mind that they were kind of doing both like kind of out of tune guitars very like uh loose uh playing because it was basically one off like just hit record and that's the that's the guitar part you know um and that that appealed to me uh you know grunge was obviously another thing that it kind of opened up guitar playing for so many people, you know, you don't have to play super great. <laughs> right. And that was really appealing to me. So for songwriting, it was, it was coming off of, you know, grunge loose kind of playing. And like, you know, I guess that Sonic youth kind of dissonant flavor mixed with a super short, catchy song. I really loved that. So that was the band. Um, and the album, the first album I heard of theirs was B thousand. Um, and it's, it was the first time I'd ever listened to a record and I was reading the, the lyrics as I go, listen to it and immediately push play again. Like I had to hear it when I, I couldn't believe how good it was. And that to me right there, I, it's funny how you said like short and catchy too. you tagged at the, the important, like, do you feel like yeah. that was just kind of a thing you accepted? Cause I think sometimes I remember thinking of songs I wrote in bands, which is like, Hey, here's our two minute intro that we're going to have. Yeah. Which gets us to the first first, but meanwhile, it's just like that should that two minutes should just be the song. <laughs> Which, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like me and Nick as music fans, 
going to see shows and stuff. It's like at first, you know, you're really into like these guys are playing for a long time. And, or, and after a while, we're just like, they're just jamming. Like I, I want to, to me, it, is, it got to a point where it was way more impressive that if you could distill an idea and get it across in a three minute, you know, it's a, it's a form, yeah. right? This is a form we're talking about, pop songs. If you could do that and make it really effective and really just a banger, basically, that you have to hear again. That was way more impressive to me than somebody that just could play and play and play. Not that I don't appreciate those types of bands, and sometimes I'm in the mood for that. But just for us and our musical journey, we really started liking the short and sweet and to the point, you know, and the, the chorus comes in at the 32nd mark, and you're just singing along and having a blast. That, that, that became what we really had fun trying to make like the challenge of trying to make that come across and get people to respond that quickly. It's really fun. And I would imagine too, when you're a new band, when you have songs that are like that, and when you start to craft songs like that and you show up somewhere, maybe you haven't been before Mm -hmm. it's, it's a cool introduction. It's not a long winded introduction. It's like, you've got a short set, but it's like, it's to the point and there's more and you kind of want people wanting more as opposed to uh, we've overstayed our welcome. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. And, and you have to actually be able to know how to play if you're going to have those jam band kind of, you know, and so for guys like, like me on my guitar journey or whatever, you know, I came up listening to heavy metal and stuff like that. Right. And so, and it kind of blows my mind when I think back to this, it's like, after like playing guitar for like two years, I was like shredding. I mean, I, I was just, doing all sorts of crap. But the thing is for me personally, and this isn't about the guitar, it's just about me, where I was coming from and what I wanted to express. I got tired of that. Like I wasn't interested in scales. I was interested in the intention of the band. Like what is the band doing? And so that then went towards writing songs, you know, and that's, and so I got way more interested in, in like coming up with songs than, than being really good at playing. So therefore yeah, our you know our playing isn't necessarily that that great. I I like I joke all the time about how sloppy I am, you know. But it's but anybody that knows our band kind of knows that it's not about that for us. Like we're not we we are we're I think we're we're really great as a unit, rocking your face off. But any but you wouldn't like isolate my guitar playing and think it was the best playing ever. Would you say that I feel like that's a point sometimes where songwriters or songwriting guitarists don't think about like how many shreds can I do in this song? But it's like, is the vibe and the feel on point with what I'm doing melodically and lyrically? Does everything tie in together or does it feel disjointed? Yeah. I mean, basically, I I look back now, like whenever I have to go over our songs, if we're going to play a show and it's like, oh, I'm playing the same solo on every single song. So at this point, (laughs) at this point for my playing that the guitar is the tool that I'm using it's sort of just like part of me you know I don't yeah. I honestly don't think of it as it, it's it's very odd I, I just feel that way you know um it's just kind of how I express my 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 stuff but I I'm never like <laughs> I don't really sit down and be like I gotta get a little better at how I do this solo or whatever I think I had that period but then it passed and it became more about the songwriting as you said, your guitar and you are one. Do you feel like as you've grown 
like as an individual and you feel like more comfortable in your own skin that like you allow that to just cool. That's my playing. That's me. I'm not going to try to change me and try to do this. I'm just going to let it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think that does happen. Cause I, yeah. Where you just get to where you realize that's your sound or that's your, your flavor and your style. And mine is very power chord, um, kind of, kind of Billy Joe esque playing, you know, from Green Day, you know, I, when I see him play, I'm like, I kind of recognize just the sort of like feeling at one with power chords. But, but yeah, I do remember a time before I started writing songs and I was in that sort of middle stage of what is my sound? What is my, so I definitely know what it's like to feel that way. And I would just say to anybody that it's like, it does come eventually you do click in with your, your feel and what feels right to you to where then you're not thinking about it at all. You just do it, you know? For me, yeah. but again, we're not talking about very many scales. <laughs> we're talking about a lot of power chords and uh, not a whole lot of guitarness. But then, w- at what point did the songwriting, as it started to form, you started to write more and more? Did this become less of just like, "Hey, this is a cool thing that we're doing"? To, oh, this is starting to be a little bit more serious. Like we're we're playing out more. At what point did you realize this is there's more to this now? Well, it's really. It's really, really fucking cool. I mean, I could go back into what, you know, this the entire process of how even writing songs at all began. Mm-hmm. Or I could start at the point where we had some songs and it was blowing my mind that anybody cared. Like, yeah. I had some people come up to, you know, so I'll start there. It's like, you just write these songs about, you know, loving uh, Star Wars and being excited for the the first prequel. You know, our first record, the first song is called Far, Far Away. You just yeah. write what you're thinking about. I wrote a song about, you know, that's kind of framed at the roller skating rink, thinking about wanting to be around all the girls and stuff. And just the songs that are playing in the roller skating, just stupid stuff that was just personal only to me. Right. And then people coming up and it meaning something to them. Like I, I know it may sound odd, but that was not part of our equation. We didn't think, Hey, this could mean something to somebody. We just had the intention of rocking as hard as we could because we all love music so much and it's like to the point where now and even on that same record i'm talking about there's a song called all the new poisons and that's you know that was one of the first ones i ever sang literally ever what you're hearing on that record with ed rose reported and i've met people with lyrics from that song as a tattoo you know it's like i it never was something that i thought I sat down and thought it could mean something to somebody else. And so that's, what's so fucking cool. So then once that, once you realize that point that, that there, there are people that are cluing in and thinking about it, it does change you as a songwriter. You know, one of my lines I always loved that you wrote was cool is always easy in a shitty school. Cause I was <laughs> like, I went to a shitty school and it was just like, I was like, yeah, it was like, cool is easy here. Cause this is pretty shitty, but it's, and that's awesome. Yeah. No, that has to be, yeah. When you're writing these songs and then when people are starting to get them tattooed permanently on their mm-hmm. body to be like, this means something to me. Mm-hmm. How do you, you know, then keep that in focus in your writing where you're still saying to you, but like, yeah, you realize like, Oh, the base, we have a, you know, you use the word base. There's a base there that's like ready to hear more things. I could talk so long and too much about how it, it gets into your thinking, you know, in good ways and in bad ways, you know, like I, I personally, our, our last full length that we did, before we kind of broke, quote unquote, broke up. I don't look back. It's called a record called "Open Up and Say Awesome," and I don't really look back at those lyrics and those songs and feel like I 
necessarily clicked in with something real, you know? I think I was mm-hmm. just doing it to do it on a, on a couple of those songs. Whereas our new record, I which we had 16 years of a break, okay? So that should hopefully tell anybody, we only did it because we fucking felt it. Like yeah. it was a real expression. And so those lyrics I was, I'm really connected to. And it's funny there, all all the songs came very, very, very quickly, but there was one hook on this one song and it's actually a sequel to the roller skating song. The song's called sequel from our first record. And there was this, this hook and this melody that I had had forever and I loved it, but I just didn't have any lyrics that felt right. And Mm. I actually did that. I, I, I backwards engineered it and I sat down and I literally said, okay, what's a uh, tattoo worthy phrase that a UFB <laughs> fan, that a UFB fan yeah. might, it might mean something to them and it might be something that they would. So I, I actually reverse engineered it to get that line. And so now I love that line. It means something to me because that's what I realized about my songwriting is I'd gotten into a phase where I was, I was, I could write songs, but it wasn't always an intention yeah. of, 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 a, of a thing that you got to express, that you have to express. It was just kind of like writing a song. And so I wanted this new stuff to be the real deal. Well, I imagine too, like in that period of like 16 years, if, yeah. as you said, if you're going to do it, it's like, it has to be fucking, it has to have heart. It has to yeah. mean something. Otherwise it's just like, why, why else would you do it? For us, for sure. Yeah. yeah. And b- so before that period of you kind of took a break, mm-hmm. you know, you were writing songs, you were uh, eventually signed to a major label, you were doing these tours. What was that process like in a major label sense, as opposed to that independent sense? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, that's the thing. So we we got signed to a major label, but what they released was the independent record we'd already done with Ed Rose. Yeah. So all the heart and soul, all the creativity is done is is on wax, right? And they remastered it, gave it new um, artwork, and the whole thing is oh, but it's all, we're all it's all going to be about this next record we're going to do. So I would love to have an answer for you to be like, well, how was the process of writing songs? How do you how do you how do you follow up your you know your yeah. your big successful indie record? And the thing is, we we knew we wouldn't last on the label you know, super long, especially if we didn't get a hit out of the box. Like we knew that was the reality, but I was hoping for a period of collaboration um, of a little bit of, you know, development, you know, Mm -hmm. like taking them, taking the time to help work with us and develop us and let's find something great. Because I, I felt like you can see, we've got talent. You can see, we can write a song. There's literally, you know, and I'm, I'm sorry if I sound, boastful but dude i'm 47 and i'm not a rocker anymore so i don't give a shit but it's like there's (laughs) there's six fucking hit songs on this record like you can hear in our material that we know how to write a catchy alternative rock jam right so i thought we would develop some stuff no what happened was they gave us cash to go in and do demos with ed rose and Mm -hmm. i you know I, you always have a notebook of songs, you know, I recorded every good one I could think I had. And there was basically like the, okay, cool. And that's it. Like not a conversation about maybe we could change this or what are you, I'm liking this direction or what would you guys think about if we found a new producer? You know, unfortunately we just weren't 
a big enough deal, you know, to, to what was going on at, at the label and everything for the, all that to happen. So, yeah. So there was never a progression of, of songwriting, you know, it was up to us. Do you feel too, like, you know, it wasn't you, it was this weird period where record companies were feeling this change in this shift and it was their own kind of like insecurity and their own like panicking at how are we going to adapt to all these new things and it was like the old guard just holding on to what they had left and not yeah. letting them in. Yeah. I mean, I think it's like that always, you know, and I don't yeah. think it's anything, I don't think it's anything like we were s- supremely screwed over or something. No, it's just the way it works. We were, we were quirky, just quirky, just quirky enough to not quite fit in with certain genres. And, and what came right after us was emo. And so like, sometimes like someone would joke in the band to be like, if we would have just held on just a slight longer, we probably would have gotten, you know, on this emo wave. Whereas we were kind of like the end of the alternative rock radio wave. So, you know what I'm saying? So it's a timing thing and, and, but Hey man, that's how cult, you know, cult bands are, are, that's how it happens. You know, something that wasn't perfect at its time that maybe somebody will discover later, you know? Yeah. I, I don't know. Means, so I don't, so I don't have like regrets about all yeah. that. Yeah. And I guess, yeah, because then it puts you onto the path of what you guys did and then you took a break and then eventually made the thing that you're, that you're insanely in love with. And like, yes, this is like with, even with that period, we have something that we fully believe in and have put out. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I mean, it's, it's, it's like anything. It's all who, you know, it's all timing. It's all, you know, cause there's a million other bands that, you know, could play better than us when we were coming up, you know, like we were in a scene in, Amer- in, uh, in Kansas, lots of bands, you know, we, we championed so many bands. We were scene guys. Right. But, mm-hmm. and so, but, you know, I'm sure some of them are we're like, these guys are the ones that got signed or whatever. But it's like, but the thing is though, our focus was songs and we were, yeah. we were drawing a crowd because of the songs. So I just, I just, that's the only thing I just wanted to highlight. It's not always about how good you can play or your craft. You know, it's not about the craft. It's about the timing, who you know, who you meet, what you're willing to do. We said yes to everything, how you're just steering your, your ambition, you know, is, is the main thing. And cause then it'll blow you, you blow your mind when you look back and you're like, dude, that all happened over like two years. Like it happens fast. These things happen fast. It feels long, but it happens fast. It happens fast. Do you feel it's also too, you said at the beginning, like you just accepted, I'm going to do something with music where sometimes people don't have that. They're looking for that kind of, I guess, like short-term fix or like, you know, they're trying to get to the mountaintop. But the thing with music is it's never a mountaintop. It's just like an endless mountain that you just never really, you never reach the peak. You just get a little bit higher. Well, it's about the love. That's the thing. I now, I this is just my opinion. You know, I'm not trying to say that it's like this for everybody, but I feel because I'll have people ask me all the time. You know, like, oh, you know, I are my I I want to see if I should get guitar lessons for my kid or piano lessons for this or drum lessons, and I'm always kind of like, yeah, that's amazing. You know, but the individual has to have the absolute love and desire to get those calluses on their fingers and to bleed, literally bleed and to have none of that matter to them. You know, like my, my relationship with music, it's not like a hobby or a craft. It is something I fucking love. 
Yeah. And, and so I, I just, I just think that that's something that's important to, to make sure that you are just enjoying it because you like to do it. You love that note. Like, that's what I always say. I'm like, people will be like, well, how do you know how to play piano? And it's like, I don't know. I just love that note. I want that note. Or I want that chord. I want it. I don't go, how do I accomplish it? I just know that that's what I want to hear. Yeah, I feel like those people that ask, what, well, how do you, they're always the ones that teeter on the edge of doing the thing with never really doing the thing. They always right. think about doing the thing. They're right. like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to, once I right. get a little bit more information and it's there like, you, go. Yeah. you have to, at some point, it's like, that's, you need to start doing it because all the information isn't going to help because you're going to do the thing and realize, oh, fuck, that doesn't necessarily work. I'm going to have yeah. to do this instead and kind of no, rework totally. it. That's exactly it. That's exactly it. And I feel like as a creative person, I'm very impatient. And so what I've realized is, yeah, it's kind of what exactly what you're saying. It's like, I get to where, oh, nope, that's enough information. Those power chords, that's all I wanted. I don't, I don't need to know more. That's what I mean. I was describing earlier when I got sick of, of shredding and, and scales. I was like, yeah, I want to go cr uh, create, craft something with I've got enough pieces here. If that's good enough for me, now let's go. But I'm also kind of minimalist in that regard too. You know, like I don't necessarily, so I'm not, I'm not saying that's always a, a good thing to be that way. It, it works for punk rock, you know, power chord kind of music, which I dig or guided by voices, you know, simple yeah. um, rock and roll pop. So I'm not trying to downplay anybody wanting to get all the information. Absolutely. It's, it's different for everybody's trips that they're on. I just mean for me, yeah, I have a, I get to a limit or a level and I'm like, oh, that's all I want. Let's go. I'm ready to go paint. I got all my colors. I want to go. Well, I think sometimes limiting the amount uh, that you use is great because, you know, when I hear the phrase, well, we can figure that out in production. We can figure that out in production. We can figure, and it's like, no, we can't. It's just <laughs> like, or it's like, you mean you want me to figure out how it should end and all the in-betweens where... When you have that limited amount of like, can you play the song with just an acoustic guitar and just exactly. you, could you do it? Yeah. Does it stand on its own or are you really leaning on certain things to make it really good, which right. it's only those other things that are just kind of holding it up kind right. of like at a weekend at Bernie's style, just like they're kind of <laughs> holding on, just being right. like, song's really good. But meanwhile, you know, like, nah, it's, it's, it's not. <laughs> right. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's like all that, all that stuff is sort of the, um, the frosting on top, you know, but if the, if the cake itself isn't, isn't a good cake in the first place, it's not going to matter. You know? Now, when you, when you guys took a break and you decided, okay, we're going to hit the pause button. How did you keep that love of music still going within those 16 years? I know you did, um, uh, a band with Tony Thaxton for a little mm -hmm. bit did, you know, and from motion city soundtrack, how did you keep that going? Or when did you learn to just kind of like, you know, it's okay to just let it hit the pause <laughs> button on it for a little bit. Totally. Um, yeah. You just reminded me of a phrase I used to say to some of my friends that like, it's okay to not rock. <laughs> <laughs> um, Cause you know, I'm coming from a group of people that that's all we do. That's all yeah. we care about. That's all we think about. We tour in the van and we rock. And so for me, when I basically was the one that put this, the stop on ultimate fake book, I, I had a cold stop. I had a, I had a um, cold Turkey from music. I wanted, cause I had put everything. I, it was, it was, you know, every second of my being and I, I wanted to completely stop and my, my, my thinking at that point was, if I do something again, it'll, it'll happen organically. 
You know, I'm not, I, I didn't want to just like, okay, well now I'm going to go see if I can, you know, work at a label or I'm going to, you know, go try to play with somebody else. Or I, I, for me, it wasn't like that because it was, it was about my, my actual identity, I guess, you know, like as a, just a person was this making these songs and stuff. And so, so yeah, so I cold turkeyed. And so then, but I knew, I knew that it, you know, it would come back at some point. And so that's what it was with uh, Tony Saxton and uh, Pat from Limbeck. And then we had a couple of different bass players. Um, one of them, uh, Frankie from the Posies, which has been really cool. He's like our latest dude in there. But so that was kind of like a side project where I was like, I want this just to be fun. And and we would only play, you know, in L.A., literally yeah. just literally play in L.A. every now and then. Um, but it, it's pretty tough to do, you know, some like it, 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 you kind of have to be all all or nothing. It's pretty hard to to keep keep pushing up a, a rock up the hill like it is to have a band you know you got to have dedication and we're all just kind of trying to have fun and every now and then it makes it pretty hard so yeah do you feel like that period of time too is good because you said kind of like oh i you know i'm a human being i need to you know hit pause and yep where it's like things get quiet like you don't hear like a loud guitar and you can sit (laughs) with things that are you know really good or uncomfortable and just like it brings about things that you didn't think about before because you were kind of constantly like next thing next thing exactly here we go here we go and And that's what i think that's home absolutely that's what i think hurt our hurt us in the end was the constant touring and the constant next thing next thing next thing saying yes to everything and not letting letting just life happen you know Mm -hmm. because and that's what this last this latest record is it's about the life you know that happened and and reflecting on the the band itself like we we just were so busy playing shows Mm -hmm. um that yeah i do think that it's really important for artists to have just a break from that kind of a grind you know and just to let life happen and have there it's going to re recharge the um the intentions of what you're doing in the first place you know why do you think some people are resistant to that? Because like, I agree with you. It's like that pause is sometimes the, you can be, you'll be the most productive after surprisingly you've taken a break from things. And that means right. just really unplugging from just that grind of writing. Oh, I got to do this. Got to do this. Yeah. Do you think it's the view of how people think about the process of music? I mean, it like it's not a knife fight. Like you're not going to miss your opportunity, as you said. Like it'll come back around organically. Where people yeah. think, "Oh, I'm going to miss the slice of the pie," or it's just like somebody else is going to get it, and I'm not. Yeah, I think it, it. This is just again my my opinion. Um, I think that it varies for everybody, and it's like if the type of music you're creating is drum beats and electronica type things that you can fiddle around with your computer and bleep, blop, bloop, blop. And that sound is fun. And I love that sound. And we're making dance music again. I probably sound like an opinionated asshole, but it's like, yeah, you can keep that going. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) But, but ringing out your heart and soul, you know, it's like there, you got to let something soak back in before you can ring it out again. Um, you, it, it isn't the type of thing that you can just do constantly, you know, but that's, for my style of songwriting, you know, where you're trying to make um, 
you you want to express something and you want something that stands the test of time that isn't just like quote unquote jam music or you know kind of dance music not that there's anything wrong with those things sometimes that's what i want too but i mean for for this kind of songwriting you know yeah. but see then again then again you got people with the philosophy that write every day you know like jeff tweedy who i'm a huge mm -hmm. fan of you know will say like no write every day but again, I think that it all depends on the trip you're on. You know, he's a poet. You know, he's basically like an actual poet, an amazing musician. I'm a guy from Kansas who wanted to be in a band, like, and really enjoyed seeing bands and loving bands and following a band and wanted to create that and then kind of did, you know, ish, right? Yeah. And so then it's like, it wasn't obvious to me at first, but now I see that, that it's like, I was following that. I wasn't necessarily like, I have to write a song every day. I mean, I could, you know, like uh, thankfully like guitar riffs and things like that. I could, mm -hmm. I could literally play all day long. I'm sure a lot of people could. Right. I definitely fall into that category. Um, making up, making up shit. That's no problem. You know, I get what you mean where it's, you, it's adapting it to what you're trying to do with it and your yeah. view and your thing. Um, my friend, Mark McCluskey said like, you know, he, who mixes, he was like, you could take the template of what I'm doing and apply it to what you're doing, but it, it's going to sound like shit. It's right. like, take the concept, but then adjust it to what you want to do with it. And I'm like, mm -hmm. that's kind of that same concept. Like it's, it's okay. You hear the parameters, but adjust it to what you're trying to do. And if your view changes on what the thing is, then the process can change itself. You may right. write more, you may write less, you may write with a completely different instrument. Right. Um, when you allowed those things to happen and different projects and your time, when did it kick back up to the idea of like, okay, let's now make another record? I mean, it's, it's weird for me. I, the way I've always described it is I, and this is no offense to uh, the females out there, but I'll feel like I would get pregnant with, with <laughs> ideas. That's the only way I could think to describe it. It's like, it's like the ideas are kind of just rolling around. And then after about nine months or, you know, not, no, that's just a joke, but as after a certain point, then it's like, okay, yeah. this is a song. This is what this is. Right. And that's what happened on this last one. Just, you know, found myself, thinking of certain things and little ideas and you might record an odd melody here and there into your voicemail. But it was just, these ideas were kind of like starting. And then mm -hmm. at a certain point I was like, Holy shit. I think, I think these are UFB songs. This isn't like yeah. something I want to go demo on my own and, or show to pride of your EPA. No, this is, this is legit ultimate fake book again. And it's kind of about ultimate fake book. And it's sort of like, it's kind of like wanting to create the perfect ending as opposed to sort of the way our band broke up. It, it, there was a kind of a hanging feeling of not missed opportunity, but just, it just, it did, did kind of have a weird ending, right? Yeah. Because it was like a burnout situation. <laughs> so it was kind of wanting to like put it, you know, like a great cap to the whole story. Not that that means that we wouldn't go further, but just a certain kind of ending to that story and really lay it out on the line and honestly and and let people in a little bit more to what we were about i guess it was just for some reason felt interesting to me at the time and important and i'm really glad i did you know and it's like i highly recommend anybody especially no matter what age you are to not be afraid to like 
go fucking make some art again, you know? Cause that's what it's about for me. Even though we, yeah. we dabble in pop, what we could, that's just cause we love it. We love pop rock and we love to sing along, but it's still, I like to feel that we're trying to make art, you know? That to me, when you were talking about like ending, you know, having a more appropriate ending. Yeah. I feel like that ties into a lot of people and maybe just salsa or culture things ending when they're not good notes or just like on like we have to because we're burned out or people leave right. a job because like I can't stand it there anymore where it's like you can sometimes close the door when it's good and mm -hmm. be okay with that. Mm -hmm. Like you can close it and it's like, and that's okay. And as you said, you left yeah. it like it may open up again. We may, you know, uh, there may be other things we need to tell, but even if it just stopped here, this is a better ending than the sort of like, yeah, we can't, we're, we're fucking burned out. We have to stop. Yeah, absolutely. And and not only that, I feel that you get a pure, more pure art, you know, because yeah. it was that third record that I talked about that I am not amazingly in love with. It's like, because we had to just keep things going and we just felt, whereas this one, it was like, no, I have to get these songs out there to the world, you know, <laughs> the world, like, <laughs> like it's really the world who cares. No, I just mean, I feel strongly about putting these songs in, into the world. And so it becomes a more pure thing. And yeah, sometimes that just takes time. Sometimes it takes 16 years now, you know? Um, that's the thing. I think that there's different levels of songwriting. You know, I definitely daydream about the idea of like, you know, like the Brill building, you know, just, I'm just go to work and I make pop songs. I love that, you know? And I think you can do that in a way that you're still making great art. But for, like I said, for me, where it was like a matter of just like, couple of guys from Kansas, you know, trying to make this into like a career. It went so far then it needed to stop. And then to go back again, it had to be a certain way. Again, I think your theme from the beginning when you started to now, as you've been describing, it's just the intention and right. the thing that you want to do. And if you don't want to do it, then it's like, cool, then we're, we're not going to do it. And if that means it's a it's a three month, it's a six month, it's 16, right. whatever break it needs to be until it feels true to what you are now and that's okay yeah, yeah. because it, it should be about the love of doing it period you know yeah like like it felt fucking awesome to be in our late 40s but like making a music video right <laughs> it wouldn't have it, but it is only because of how we were doing it and why we were doing it and we're laughing and we're drinking beers and having eaten donuts and making <laughs> stupid music videos but it was like art that was intended to be there, right? It wasn't some just doing it to do it. Because screw that, you know? You gotta love it. You gotta love it. And do you feel like if you end something on better notes and you and you do things that are creatively in line with who you are and how you feel that that allows for new creative things to start and give way. Like sometimes those won't happen until you get, as you said, you birthed yeah. out this like, okay, I've got this out, but that left room for new things and new ideas to develop and new experiences yeah. and thoughts to take. Yeah, home. no, I think so. Yeah, definitely. I think definitely you're always learning, you know, like you were saying, like you never reach the end of guitar playing, you know, like, okay, I'm at the end of the internet, you know, you, it never happens. Yeah. And same thing with songwriting. And it's not like anybody said here, here's how you write a song. Even though I do have the Jeff Tweedy book, how to write one song, which is just kind of funny to say. Uh, but so you're, it's a discovery of yourself as you go. And so 
you can do things where you you go, okay, yeah, well, that was a learning experience. Like now I look back on that record and I go, okay, I see why I don't connect with the songs. It's because I was just, you know, like we were saying, just kind of finishing it to finish it. Whereas this new one, I could care less if anybody, I want to put it out in the world, but I don't even know if anybody is ever going to hear it. It just means something to me, you know? So that's, yeah. that's what you're always trying to get towards, I feel, to get the best songs. And the funny thing is, it never fails, at least in my, my experience, never fails. Your best songs are things that you just kind of farted off on the couch in two seconds without second guessing yourself and worrying too much. You just, it's the intention is everything I've now realized. So you can sit there and try and try and try on these songs. And, and I'm not saying give up the song. No, that's not what I mean. Cause you might have some good shit that you're going to want to use later. Yeah. But the best ones, you just kind of sat down and boom. And I mean, there's a song on our new, our new record that I literally woke up at like for no reason on a Sunday, like six 30 in the morning. I just had this, I, this vibe. It wasn't mm-hmm. even like lyrics or anything. It was just this vibe in my head. And I I went into this room that I'm sitting here now and grabbed the guitar where I had Logic going. And um, I literally wrote and recorded the entire song from scratch in like an hour and a half. I didn't even have lyrics before that. And I fucking love that song. And it's some of my favorite lyrics I've ever written. And it was the intention is all that matters. Like your brain will tell you how to find the right chords. You know how to make a song, but the intention for the art is everything. I Dude, think. that is so fucking cool. Cause Elizabeth Gilbert, I don't know if you've ever read big magic, but she talks about that concept of there was a poet who believed all of her poems just came to her. And she had yeah. this limited amount of time from idea to when she should run and like put it on paper. Cause if <laughs> she was too late, it would just go to someone else that was willing and more accepting of the idea. Oh yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. No, totally. Totally. And, and then, and what's, it's crazy. Like, you know, like you quoted uh, one of our songs, soaked yeah. in cinnamon earlier. That was one of those things. I just sat down on the couch, do dinner and dinner, just, it just, pl- and just played it. Just, didn't even think twice. Didn't go, oh, I wonder if I should blah, 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 blah. The only thing that we even talked about with that song is we we were making fun of, we were like, man, every band that has hit songs, it's all just repetition. They just play the same riff over and over. So that was the only thing that I thought of. I was just like, oh, I'm going to play the same chords on the chorus. But other than that, it just came together super quick. Like you don't even think twice. And then that'll be the song that people respond to. Whereas there'll be some other work of art in your mind that you're just, that's such a great, you know, whatever you're working and working. And then people hear it and they're like, yeah, it's okay. It's okay. I like this one better. And it's like, (laughs) Oh, and it's just like, and it's almost, again, just don't fucking overthink it because sometimes that's when you just kill it because it was already, it was already great. What you're doing to it is not, you know, adding sequence to it won't make it any better. It's just like, well, it's tough. (laughs) It's tough because, because you're dealing with your perception of what other people are listening to rather than just the idea, you know, you're thinking too much at that point of like, well, people are going to perceive this this way or that way, as opposed to just, Hey, does that idea work? In other words, like I would, I tell Eric Moline, our drummer, when I was sending him the new demos for this new record and he was like, dude, these songs are great. And I was like, yeah, I had to find my inner dumbass is the way I put it. (laughs) Which is just being funny, but what I mean by that is just like not worrying so much. It's okay if their power pop 
power chord songs that sound like ultimate fake book. Like, like we would always want to, you know, think we're progressing. Right. And, Oh, we have to make sure we're doing that. And this one, I was like, yeah, I just want this to be UFB pure. I want pure. And, and that, that mentality unlocked fucking actual inspiration of just not thinking so hard. Whereas I think that in a lot of the, the years before of doing that, well, and at the end of the band, we were thinking too hard. So yeah, it's really important to just literally have a really good idea for what you want the song to be or a feeling. Maybe if you're it's instrumental music, maybe it's just a feeling. You don't even, you just like, I just want it to be ferocious. You know, just think of what you want it to be. And then you'll, your playing will, will do it, you know, because the listener isn't sitting there going, Oh, wow. He totally, uh, riffed an E minor there. And then, Oh man, wow, he went to a there. You know, I mean, the musicians might be doing that, but the real good shit transcends any kind of musicianship. I think even, even, even really amazing musicians, I think their best stuff, it doesn't have to be super complicated. Dude, I love yeah. it because I completely <laughs> agree with you. Um, awesome. If people wanted to find Ultimate Fake Book, you, where can they go? Well, we mostly are on Twitter now. So our Twitter handle is at um, UFB Rocks. And, uh, you know, there'll be a link there for where you can find our record. It's still, you can get it on vinyl or it's, you know, streaming everywhere on Spotify. So you can just look us up on all the stuff like that. Um, and then uh, I... Yeah, probably me and uh, Eric, the drummer, our, our handles are on there as well. So it's pretty easy to find us that way. Or Instagram, same same stuff. Bill, thank you so much for taking the time. This was awesome. Cool, man. Yeah, it's really fun to get to talk about uh, talk shop with uh, songwriting and guitar as the subject. It's really great. And that does it for this week's episode. It was edited and produced by Chris Fafalius. I'm Mike Myers. Thanks for listening.